This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Spine and Orthopedic Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Kenneth Nwosu, spine surgeon at Neospine in Washington. Dr. Nwosu, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Before we jump into the questions, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, no problem. So, you know, like you said, my name is Kenneth Nwosu, um, an orthopedic spine surgeon. Um, yeah, I was born in Nigeria and um, I, I immigrated to the U.S. when I was about 10 years old, um, you know, in pursuit for, you know, quote unquote, American dream. Well, you know, unfortunately, that American dream didn't seem much of a dream, actually seemed more like a nightmare when, when we relocated to to the States, uh, Compton, California. Um um, you know, it was, it was, uh, uh, you know, dilapidated neighborhood and, um, you know, there was a lot of trouble to get into and what do you know, uh, guess what? I got into some of the trouble, um, as a kid, very stubborn, um, and, um, you know, kept getting into trouble in school. And as a result, you know, I had to move to several different schools, but, you know, uh, during high school, I, I finally found team sports, uh, which, which sort of helped me exert my energy, energy into some, you know, positively and, um, and the rest was history from there. Uh, <clears throat> attended, uh, uh, med school at, uh, UCLA, uh, completed my residency in orthopedic surgery at, uh, Harvard UCLA and, um, and, uh, moved to Boston, um, where I completed my, my spine training at, at Harvard and, um, uh, uh, relocated to Seattle when I was told that the cost of living was low and the traffic was minimal. Um, and uh, to my surprise, that wasn't the case, but uh, so far so good. I love it here. Well, that's great. And, and thank you so much again for being on the podcast. Uh, my first question is, what are your top three priorities for 2021? Sure. You know, 20, you know, the 2020 has been a year, uh, you know, that I've, you know, that was challenging for all of us. And, um, you know, uh, upon reflecting on 2020, uh, there are a lot of things that I want to do differently in 2021. Um, you know, top of that list is um, um, implementing and um, expanding um, endoscopic uh, spine surgery um, in my practice and in the surgery center. Um, you know, um, uh, uh, beyond that, I, I'm also excited about uh, transitioning uh, most of my lumbar fusion cases to the to the ASC, and um, I'm also excited about uh, uh, robotics in in our ASC. Um, uh, we're looking forward to obtaining a, a you know a, a spine robot that would help us uh, more accurately place pedicle screws, and I think that uh, allow the transition in you know of performing fusions in the ASC. Um, I think it'll make that transition easier. And I mean, a fourth that I'll throw in there is just, you know, telemedicine, you know, um, you know, telemedicine was being rolled out slowly, but I, you know, I think it's now being adopted, you know, aggressively and, you know, um, uh, primarily due to COVID, but over time, what we found is uh, the values that it provides, you know, and it, it mitigates the risks associated with passing along infectious diseases and, um, you know, I think it's also cost effective um, from a private practice standpoint. Um, you know, there's some studies that's also come out recently indicating that, um, you know, oftentimes when you see a patient via telemedicine encounter, you don't necessarily need to see the patient in person in order to schedule surgery for those patients. Um, that's because oftentimes the surgery you schedule when you see them in person 
doesn't change from the surgery you schedule when you see them via telemedicine. So the idea of, you know, keeping our patients safe, you know, our staff safe and being able to uh, take care of them um, uh, predominantly remotely um, is pretty exciting as well. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Thank you for going through that with us. I have one follow-up question. Um, I know you had mentioned um, bringing several new potential techniques into the surgery center, whether it's the endoscopic technique, being able to um, implement and expand that, and then transitioning the lumbar fusions and then robotics as well. And I can imagine that, you know, takes a little bit of time and effort in terms of putting resources into purchasing purchasing those systems for the ASC. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, some of your considerations when you're thinking about um, which systems to purchase and, and how to move forward, um, especially considering the reimbursement landscape for um, spine procedures today and you know what you're thinking about going forward. Sure. You know, in private practice in an ASC, you know, as you know, we're all operating on thin margins. So, you know, um, uh, purchasing capital equipment um, has been historically challenging. However, you know, the, the companies that, 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 that uh, you know, provide these equipments to us, they're starting to recognize that this transition is happening and they're starting um, to, to adapt accordingly and, and provide sort of, you know, alternatives um, to making a big capital purchase, such as a robot or endoscopic equipment. Um, more more tasteful and more more feasible um, for for an ASC or small private practice like mine, and oftentimes they'll do them you know via via or, you know an earnout or or via a lease, and um, I would say that's that's those have been sort of the modalities that I've seen um, uh, most recently. Uh, with regards to you know how I how we decided what sort of you know capital equipment to get. Yeah, we there. There are two uh, with regards to robotic. There are two sort of um, leading um, um, robot uh, robots on the market currently. Um, and um, you know, in my perspective, that's the Mazor um, X robot in the Globus um, Excelsius. And um, uh, we we've had conversations with both parties, and um, essentially um, whoever. Uh, provided the highest value um, from the standpoint of uh, cost effectiveness um, to fit our model um, was was essentially um, um, the company that that we we have decided to go with. Um, and um, with regards to endoscopic equipment, um, it's it's sort of the same thing. What we do is. <clears throat> We identify the leaders, and um, we determine that um, you know the the the, the value proposition, um, you know, and the the service is you know is is up to par, and um, beyond that, then the next sort of um, differentiating factor is 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 the cost effectiveness, um, you know, for us to purchase them. So that's how we that's how we're making our decisions these days. Got it. That makes sense. Um, I appreciate that. Now. How do you see spine and ASCs changing over the next three years? Sure, you know I I, I foresee uh, many things, but um, you know mainly you know I see endoscopic spine surgery becoming the standard of care for spinal decompression. Um, um, you know, being able to perform uh, you know a decompressive surgery through a an incision that's less than one centimeter, um, and being able to perform it safely. And as effectively as open as open spine surgery um, is is 
you know, it's a no brainer. So, you know, in, in my perspective, I see that as being the standard of care for, for most providers. And I think that would be the expectation, um, um, by the, the payers and, and patients as well. Um, secondarily, I see most of the spinal surgeries, including complex fusions, moving to the, um, to the ambulatory surgery center. Um, you know, I would say the rate limiting step to sort of transitioning all spine care would be those patients who are severely ill and those patients who have significant comorbidities, um, like, you know, a, a significant cardiac history or uh, a, a history of, um, of high opiate use. Um, and lastly, you know, um, you know, as a result to all this sort of um, spine care volume being transitioned to the ASC, you know, I continue to foresee emergent spinal technologies like robotics and augmented reality becoming readily available um, in the ASC as well. Got it. And it's very interesting to think about all the different types of technologies and the potential for, you know, even more complex spinal fusions in cases going into the ASC on a regular basis. My last question here is, what are you most excited about today and what makes you nervous? Uh, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of endoscopic spine surgeries these days. And, and you know, each time I do one, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty fascinating to me. And it's actually more fascinating to patients. And, and I mean, I've had a couple of patients who, um, you know, who've seen their primary care doctor and their primary care doctor, you know, told them like, there's no way you had surgery. I don't see an incision. Um, so I'm excited about the ability to be able to address spinal pathologies via a five millimeter incision um, and, and, an endos and an endoscope. Um, and and the, the ability to potentially avoid fusions and allowing patients to go home uh, shortly after their surgery with minimal pain and ability to return to their normal activities within days. Um, you know, what makes me nervous? You know, I, I'm nervous about the corporatization and, and quality of spine care that will be provided in, in the future. And we're already seeing that today, um, primarily due to the decreasing reimbursement for procedures performed um, and this is even without taking inflation into consideration. You know, I think I think this will continue even to the margins of private practices who will eventually sort of be forced to close down and potentially sell to corporations. And what this does is, is it, it, it reduces choice and it reduces competition. And, you know, as we all know, you know, economics 101, when you when you, you know, decrease competition, decrease choice, it, this tends to drive value down. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, the, the person that suffers are the patient. So um, um, that that makes me nervous um, and, and, and makes it difficult to sleep some nights. Got it. I think that's definitely a sentiment shared by a lot of physicians, and especially orthopedic and spine surgeons across the country. From your perspective, um, and thinking about that potential for um, fewer independent practices and fewer opportunities um, for people of your choices for people to go for their care. Um, how, you know, are there any factors, I guess, that you could see combating that issue or, or what um, can physicians and surgeons do in order to try to help make sure there are more choices and independent practices an option for surgeons in the future? 
sure. Um, you know, ways that this can be done are, you know, I think the, the simplest way that this can be accomplished is through, through uh, you know, partnerships, partnerships between different, um, uh, different private practice groups. Um, that's something that we're seeing in Washington. You know, we're seeing it in the Carolinas with, you know, Ortho Carolinas with Emerge Ortho. Um, we're seeing it with Pro Alliance um, um, Surgeons here in Washington State. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's about it's about scaling up. You know, and 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 what that does is that that provides you know the the practice with economies of scale and allows them uh, to compete uh, with these big corporations. Um, I think another thing that helps a small practice like 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 mine is the ability to pivot quickly. You know, uh, you know, um, we're we're pretty agile when it comes to adopting new technologies and providing those new technologies to our patients. And I think um, uh, that that gives us a competitive um, advantage um, sometimes. Um, so the ability to be agile, the ability to uh, pivot quickly, and the ability to, to continue to remain on the on the cutting edge, I think is some, something that that will will allow us to stay competitive and and hopefully hopefully continue to thrive into the future. Dr. Mulisu, thank you so much for your fascinating discussion today. I really look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Pleasure is mine. Thank you.